Kia ora, welcome back to Flying the Fern, powered by New Zealand Stories, Fernmark License Programme and produced by Raw Collective. This series is all about telling the real-life stories of well-known New Zealand businesses that carry the official Fernmark logo. We dig into how they came about, the challenges they've overcome, and their contribution to the reputation New Zealand businesses have around the world. Silverfern Farms is a company that needs no introduction, but the story of how that became the case is well worth knowing. As one of New Zealand's largest meat exporters, the company produces almost a third of our red meat, partnering with 16,000 farmers, exporting to more than 60 countries, and with more than $2.5 billion in annual sales. Globally, agriculture is at a tipping point of quality and sustainability. Silverfern Farms plays a critical role in positioning New Zealand's meat as premium, with an emphasis on being environmentally sustainable and prioritising animal welfare. CEO Simon Limmer talks about how the company has both navigated and shaped the landscape of New Zealand farming from 1948 to today. The challenges, headwinds and successes have been pivotal in the international success of New Zealand farming and will continue to be into the future. Well, kia ora, good morning, Simon. Welcome. Kia ora, David. First question, if you were advising a new visitor to New Zealand on something they must do, like the, the number one quintessential New Zealand thing experience, what would it be? The first thing I'd say is I, I'm really fortunate in my job, so we we span the length of the country. We've got plants in Dargaville and we go all the way to Invercargill. So I'm really lucky. I get to cover the whole country. You do. So they should do that because it's <laughs> so diverse. There's so much to see between our mountains and our beaches and our lakes and our forests and our deserts and what have you. So they, they you know, everywhere you look is something new. So they Simon, should do that. coming to you from Tourism New Zealand, there Simon Limmer. There yep. we go. Well, look, I mean, this is, <laughs> this is, this is the farming industry we're talking about here. True. But um, what they should do is get on a farm, of course, and yeah. go and meet New Zealand farmers, and particularly in some of those, you know, uh, high country stations in the South Island, and it's just breathtaking. The jobs that those guys do, the way that they think about their land, and uh, essentially just the, the lifestyles they lead are amazing. So yeah. make that connection. That's a pretty cool one. And the intergenerational nature of the families that live in these environments and you know, think about how they're passing through history to their children, et cetera, I think, too. Which brings me to my first question. So Silver Firm Farms, you started in 1948. Well, probably not you personally. Oh, no. Yeah, I was came in the sort of late 50s. Okay, yeah, exactly. Um what was it like, though? I mean, you know the history of the business before you started. What was it like back then compared to now? Uh, yeah, so I'm five years in the business. Just, okay, to just be really, really, clear, really clear. clear. In fact, 1948, we're, we're, we're going to celebrate 75 years of Silverfern Farms next year, so oh. 1948 to, to next year. But it actually goes back quite a lot further than that. So the, the first export of frozen meat out of New Zealand in 1882, one of those you know pioneering moments in, in New Zealand's history, uh, and we've got plants in our network, um, Belfast and in, in Christchurch, which was built in 1883, and I was there yesterday. Wow. So that that plant is still part of our network, and you know, little by little, we're bringing it into the yeah. into the modern age. But you know, the history goes a long way back. PPCs came together in two, in 1948, and it was really a group of farmers wanting to control their own destiny once again. So they created this cooperative. They, um, they came together in typical sort of southern man fashion. It was a very southern business back then and essentially said, look, we're, we're going to control our own destiny and we, we, we want to, you know, invest in that. So 1948, that, that happened. In 2008, the Silverfern Farm brand emerged yeah. and that was 
that was essentially there were 23 different brands that PPCS were selling into the market. They wow. were confused. They were muddled. They weren't really focused on the market at all. They were very much focused on the Production. cooperative mindset and the processing driver. So that's what, you know, the previous sort of 60 years had been. It was all about processing meat and, and, and then sort of getting it on boats. And beyond that, they didn't care too much. So all of these brands... <laughs> Business came together in 2008 and said, we want one brand and we want Silver Fern Farms as our brand. And so the, it was essentially the team and the staff that decided that. Wow. And they took it off to the market and they got the high-paid marketing gurus to have a look at it. And um, the market came back and said, yeah, it's a good brand. We like it. What about the word Silver Fern or the concept of Silver Fern? We'll just talk about that for a minute because obviously that's a very important icon of New Zealand. Yeah, and I think that was an obvious driver. I can remember looking at Silver Fern Farms from a distance before I joined the business and thinking, man, that is such a good brand. How did they... How did no one else pick it up yeah. before then? <laughs> why, did, why did that not happen earlier? Yeah. So, yeah, it just it is New Zealand, isn't it? We, we wear it on our black shirts, our yeah. black jerseys, and we're known around the world for excellence in terms of what we do on the sporting field, and the Silver Fern Farm is emblematic of that. So why not? It's perfect. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. What is it about New Zealand's meat, if we talk about the product just for a minute, that makes it the best in the world or one of the best in the world? Yeah, and, and we're on a journey, I think, as well, because, as I say, for quite a long part of our history, we, we probably stuck it on the boats and didn't worry too much about where it was ending up or who was actually consuming it. Whereas today we're we're really focused on identifying and connecting with those consumers around the world. As we all know, the world is shifting really, really quickly. There's a generational shift. There's a cultural shift. They're looking for trust. They want to have, uh, you know, they want to ensure that their food is safe. But they're new, looking for nutrition. They're looking for an eating experience, and more and more, they're wanting to understand what the environmental and the social impact is yeah. of the products they're eating. So, we're very more closely attuned to to those people around the world. And we're sending those messages back to farmers in terms of how they now need to be responding to that. Yeah. So the challenge for farmers is is quite significant. But New Zealand is a fantastic food-producing country. And the way that we farm, the natural environment we have, you know, the rainfall that we have, the land, the grass-fed yeah. business model that we have is really responding to what consumers want. Yeah. So we're in a really sweet spot. We've got all of this, you know, policy and public perception and all of these challenges going on around us in terms of what we think about ourselves from a New Zealand perspective. But internationally, what we do is yeah. is going to be very, very relevant for a long, long time to come. I think it's worth pausing on that for a second, eh? because I don't think New Zealanders realise, you know, that the way we farm in New Zealand is quite, is very unique in that the rest of the world has feedlots and, you know, mass, mass farming, very kind of production-oriented and in New Zealand, we see cows out in a field and we don't think anything of it. It's it's unusual. The grass-fed, for example, is a huge you know, brand attribute of New Zealand. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And we are between 1% and 2% of, of red meat consumed in the world. So we are tiny yeah. uh, in the scheme of things. You know, we talk a lot about the 40 million people that we feed out of New Zealand. That's true. But it comes more acutely to light when you when you have conflict in, in Europe with the, the grain production and you think about the impact on the meat industry, which, you know, we wouldn't even make the connection think back about, in yeah. New Zealand. But we're going to see uh, very, very high grain prices for the for the next few years for how, who knows how long. And that is really going to impact on, on meat production around the world. So our 2% becomes more important. Yeah. Uh, our grass-fed production um, is really the key. So there is, you know, there's... 
there's an economic benefit in the way that we do things. Uh, there's a nutritional benefit in the way that we do things. There's an environmental benefit, despite the wrestling of you know the public perception within New Zealand and our own yeah. greenhouse gas emissions. That that's that's a real conversation for us, but we need to keep it in perspective as to what it means globally. Yeah. And, and I know you're doing a lot of work in that, thinking about the impact on the environment and working with farmers. And, and obviously, you don't get to dictate how farmers run their businesses, but you can translate what the world is kind of moving and what consumers are wanting and what policy is leading and bring that back to make sensible decisions about how you might think differently. Yeah, I mean, so Silverfern Farms is on a journey to becoming really market-led. So, you know, we've shifted from that, that mindset from a few years ago of just being supply-driven to becoming market-led. That means that we are getting much closer to consumers. We've got people in the markets today. We, we really make a connection with those little segments of people who are going to find our products relevant. But turning those signals, that knowledge, back into commercial mechanisms, which are going to incentivize farmers to shift a little bit, tweak what they're doing, and ensure that we're capturing as much of the premium which is available to yeah. us as key. You know, farmers have got... They've got a massive challenge. They've got an operational challenge. They've got their their land to manage, their animals to manage, feed to grow, fences to build, uh, and then and then you overlay the new expectations around the use of technology on their farms, how they build integrity into the production systems, build traceability into it. Then you overlay the seasonality of what they're doing. Ironically, probably being becoming more seasonal with climate change going on, uh, more extreme weather. Then you overlay um, the regulations which are coming at them. It's a you know it's a tough job, and then they get beaten up by public perception that they're bad people. Yeah. And and the reality is they're not. They care more about the land and what they're doing than anyone else. For us to be successful going forward, a couple of things are really really important. That those consumer signals are very clearly delivered back to, to farmers and we do through commercial mechanisms and we're doing it through um, products like Net Carbon Zero Beefs, which yep. we've recently launched in North America this year. So that's a product which is, you know, bringing the consumer and the producer really, really closely together, which is our job. But there's, you know, 100% grass-fed branding, which we, we use extensively around the world, our reserve product, our reserve eating range, whereby we're Qualifying different cuts of meat based on the characteristics which we oh, know. Really? Are going like to like in the wine industry, where you have like a special Absolutely. reserve. Yes, oh, yeah, God, yeah. God, the meat it? industry is far more sophisticated than you might imagine. Clearly, I'm not buying the right meat because I just get whatever's on special at New World. Oh, well, you're not our target market. Quite <laughs> Fair enough, too. Yeah, go for the premium consumer, not some hack. But you actually, you do raise a good point, though. In New Zealand, we've also got a responsibility around the availability of food for our people and Manukau Initiative, which is yep. um, you know on. Uh, gaining momentum at the moment as well. So, you know, that 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 social responsibility in terms of making sure that um, the New Zealand brand is really living up to our expectations as a food producer, there should be no one going hungry in New Zealand. So it, it is an important it point. It is a really important point. I mean, it's that's the sort of the core purpose of people who work in the farming sector, isn't it? They really take pride in the fact that they are helping out their fellow country folk and, you know, feeding the world as well as feeding their their friends and whanau. So that consumer, that shift in consumer trend, it feels like it's something that's happening really quickly, you know, and your Carbon Net Zero Beef initiative that we saw um, recently launched is clearly responding to that. But you're also thinking a bit further ahead too about what what white consumers think in the future and things like the growth of, you know, alternative proteins and lab-grown meat and all these sort of, it's a complex future ahead for the red meat industry. It's not as easy as put a cow in a paddock and someone picks it up and chops it up for you. There's a lot more to it. Yeah. My optimistic view of of that changing landscape is that we, we're really well placed in New Zealand to respond to that if we tell our story really well, David. Yeah. So counting on you to help us with that. But our story is a good one and it's improving all the time and we're, we're building 
greater integrity, we're improving what we do, we are really responding to what those consumers are looking for. What's been useful to us is, you know, the plant-based proteins, alternative proteins, lab-based, cell-based, all of the new technologies which are coming in and have gained huge amount of publicity and, yeah. and created a lot of noise. That's made our story much more acute. It's made us much more uh, proactive in terms of how we tell it yeah. uh, and the way that we think about consumers around the place because the, there is a segmentation of people around the world. Protein demand doubles between now and 2050. There's no shortage of demand for our products. In fact, the world is, is getting hungrier and hungrier for protein. Animal-based proteins are going to be absolutely fundamental to filling that requirement going forward. But top quality animal-based proteins, such as, as we're producing out of New Zealand, will be really, really key because they do tick the boxes of the expectations of the new generations coming through where they, they want to eat well, they want to eat nutritional products, they want to make sure that the eating experience is a good one, but they're really very, very clear on the impacts and the benefits of the products that they're buying because they have choice. Yeah. So making sure that we're really connecting with them is key. And it's worth reflecting on kind of the New Zealand strategy for our growth is that we are always going to be a small producer in a small country contributing to a big world. Therefore, there's, we can't compete at scale. We've got to think about value and market perception and going up the value curve, et cetera, which is exactly, as you say, market-facing, market-led. Um, that's the journey that you've been on. Do you see that there'll always be that place for that premium New Zealand story out there in the world? You know, what, what is the world hungry for when it comes to our New Zealandness? New Zealand is integrity. Um, when they think of New Zealand, they do think of quality. Um, at times, I think we have underestimated and probably underdone our ability to position exactly where we, we can and should be in the market. Um, we need to back up that perception with the reality. So, you know, we need to build integrity into what we're doing. Traceability technology is helping us with that. Yeah. We will always be small and we will always need to be premium, but we are innovative we, and we're finding new ways and better ways of doing things. Now that is also exportable. And so investment into new technologies, new production systems, the investment that's going into greenhouse gas mitigation and particularly in the agricultural sector is meaningful today, yeah. becoming meaningful. That is an opportunity for New Zealand that, that could be scalable much beyond our own food production systems on the you know the land or sea footprint that we're yeah. thinking about today. That, that know-how, that agri-tech that, that has always been in our DNA and it sort of marries together the history of New Zealand's productive you know, primary sector with the future of technology. And we're really well placed, aren't we, I think, to, to focus on that, not only for our own use, but for creating IP for the world to use. Yeah, I think we are. I think the, you know, the challenge here is, is, again, it's getting the balance right between the economic reality of what we need to achieve to ensure the prosperity of our country, along with the political arm wrestles that we have from time to time, the scientific input that needs to go into that. That's the getting yeah. the balance of all of those things right, but also having the vision that, New Zealand will evolve, needs to evolve, and can evolve, and thinking about it on a, on a much more global basis. And so, you know, we're better and better connected with the world than we ever have been. Yeah. That provides us with the impetus to keep moving forward because the market really is out there for us. Fantastic. When you think about your New Zealandness and the reputation that you hold and the fact that you've, you know, got the silver fern in your name and on your brand, you know, you carry a responsibility, I suppose, whether you mean to or not, for the brand of New Zealand. Tell us about how you think about the values that that represents and how you present that New Zealandness to the world. Yeah, well, I mean, we are small and we live and die by, by our reputation really, really quickly. And so this is 
a, a responsibility that Silver Fern Farms, carrying the Silver Fern, the Fern Mark, that responsibility is is felt quite acutely within the business. But my experience today is that we are collaborating better and better across both our meat industry, but also across our primary sector as a whole. So the conversations that we can have, New Zealand's just the perfect size for networking, as we know. You yeah. know, we, We've got all of these wonderful industries on, on the go, but we actually, when we sit down and look at it, we've got so much in common. We've got the same challenges. We've got the same opportunities to, to ensure that we you know, yeah. are premiumizing everything that we're doing. But at the same time, we've got the same risk of, of getting it wrong and dragging the scrum down collectively. So, so you know, keeping the standards high, working together, ensuring that we're investing in the right places collectively is important. Nice. And you mentioned the fern mark. Thank you very much. And the fern mark is that, you know, we consider it that symbol of New Zealand. It's the symbol used now by nearly 500 companies to represent that they come from New Zealand. It's valued by consumers as a mark of a place that, you know, they can trust you guys, you know, use it. What does it mean, I suppose, when you go out there in the world and, and proudly put that fern mark on the side of your, or the back of your packets or the up in, up in lights, as it yeah. were? The silver fern opens doors. Yeah. Um, whether you're backpacking around Europe or carrying a New Zealand passport or whatever it is, we're a country with integrity that you can trust and we're actually quite likeable. Um, you know, we feel it when we travel around the world and the same goes for our products. The reality, though, is that it's a pretty competitive world out there, and behind that door-opening opportunity that the fern affords us, we need to step through the door and, and not just rely on our charm, good looks, you know, firm handshakes, and uh, we, we actually need to have integrity. We need yeah. to make sure that our products are not only feel like the best in the world, but they are. So that integrity is is super important. I think at times we we maybe rely a little bit on those relationships and and forget to follow through just a little bit, you know, harder in terms of delivering yeah. with, with that that real rigor. That's our research would say that's exactly how we're perceived. Very you know, very positively. The brand of New Zealand is almost at an all time high. People are very willing to and want to work with us, but at the same time, we need to follow through. And it's um, in business, in particular, in the business world, making sure that sometimes the relaxed nature that we have here in New Zealand uh, doesn't translate particularly well internationally. I mean, you must have had that experience as well. Yeah, look, I mean, we we travel the world. Thankfully, our culture is one of those ones that that actually travels exports quite nicely, and we're we're working in very different and complex environments. Be it you know. China, the USA, Europe, uh, the Middle East, Asia, other parts of Asia, all of these nuances in these different countries are important for us to understand and work towards. At the end of the day, we're the small guy turning up in these big places, so that means that we probably have to make the, the bigger effort. We're quite good at doing that. We enjoy doing that, and we're open-minded, and we're not threatening. But at the same time, then we have to have an offer which is going to compete against, you know, the other big exporters from around the place. It'll be, you know, economically, technologically, environmentally, all of the aspects of what we're doing have to have to stack up. So, you know, it's just a work in progress. But I think having understood that is half the battle. Yeah. As you look forward now into the next 10, 15 years, you know, the challenges ahead of us from climate point of view. The number of mouths to feed in the world is is going to grow substantially. How do you feel about how New Zealand's positioned as that premium provider of food products into the world, and and where does Silver Fern Farms go? Yeah, I think we're on the cusp of you know opening up fantastic opportunities if we if we step through the the door which is open for us. Listening to the consumer, and and for me, when we have these debates around decisions that we make. 
quite often we come back to, well, what will the consumer tell us? And that sort of simplifies everything. It decants it back down into a really yeah. simple, if we're responding to what the consumer wants, or if we're able to shape what the consumer may need but not quite know it yet, then we're in really good shape because that ultimately is where our export dollar is earned and that will translate right the way back through our through our supply chain. So for me, that's critical. But in the background, investment in technology, investment in infrastructure, investment in, in knowledge, a real shift in our environmental footprint and how we're thinking about yeah. greenhouse gases, but biodiversity, more importantly, the conversations that we're having around a regenerative, for want of a better word, I know it's a, an emotional one, but but it's the reality of the conversation we're having is really important for us because that is going to be our opportunity and, and our challenge for, yeah. for the next few years. But, you know, we, we are so good at innovating and finding new solutions. We have these connections with consumers and customers through our brands and through our products today. The supply chain exists both physically and it's, you know, evolving digitally. We just need to keep filling it and keep responding to what the markets are after. You're optimistic for the future. I, I am I am the eternal optimist. But I feel as though, you know, we have a window of opportunity at the moment that we, we are hopefully taking it advantage of. I don't know that we can go too quickly here, but we just need to keep moving forward. Right. Final question for you. I'm going out for dinner later on and I'm wondering what I should have. You know, what would, you, what would your perfect meal be? Oh, the perfect meal. Where are you going? In Auckland? <laughs> I'm going where, wherever. You tell me the perfect meal and then I'll find the restaurant. And I'm going to imagine it's going to be some sort of vegan thing, probably knowing you well. Yes. Yeah. Veganism is, well, you know, everything in moderation, including veganism. <laughs> Oh, you'd you'd probably be, be wanting a good carbon zero um, eye fillet, I would have thought, in moderation with um, some good, you know, locally grown vegetables and uh, a few other assortment of products on, on the side. But you know, healthy, environmentally friendly, and yes. uh, I know you're a man that looks after your health, so you'll you'll find the right balance. And uh, last last question, I know I said it was the last question, but are you more of a, a sort of a well done or a medium rare, or are you a sort of a steak Diane type of a guy? Oh, I'm I'm definitely at the at the, at the very rare end of the, yeah, of the spectrum. Yeah? Yeah. I picked that about you. I could tell from the way you, your demeanour. <laughs> Good on you. Well, thank you very much for flying the fern, and thank you for sharing the story of Silver Fern Farms. Kia ora. Uh, pleasure, David. Kia ora. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast series is all about highlighting the amazing work New Zealand companies are doing in a variety of sectors and spaces. If you like this episode, there's plenty more great stories from Flying the Firm podcast that you can listen to. Just go ahead and check them out where you found this one. We're also highlighting the Fernmark license program, which we talked about during the episode. The Fernmark is our national symbol and a country of origin mark that helps Kiwi businesses promote trust, authenticity and credibility by leveraging the good reputation that New Zealand has overseas. To find out more or to apply to be part of the program, head to our website, fernmark.nzstory.gov.nz. And lastly, please rate, review and subscribe. It helps others find us. Haere for now.